Welcome to the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. Welcome to the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour here on 101.7 WKOM. I am your host today, Jack Blackstone, and I'm joined today by Coach Mike. How are we doing, Coach? Doing great today. How are you doing? I'm doing well. It's a beautiful Thursday, April the 20th here in Columbia, Tennessee. Uh, We are here live in studio at our beautiful Main Street office uh how's how 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 are you doing so far this week uh doing doing great uh just uh, just got back recently from or just uh, earlier today from doing the strive to drive giveaway we had a remote on here on wkom where we we broadcast the giveaway and a young lady from uh, columbia central i believe won the car and uh, had a big day honoring seniors and uh so we've, we've had an exciting day around here, and other than that, just uh, moving right along through the week here. Yes, sir. It sounds like, a, sounds like a big success with that. I'm glad that went well. Well, let's get into a little bit of local sports news. We had some big news uh, for the county today. Uh, it was announced that uh, state champion, multiple-time state champion coach John Wild will be joining Santa Fe as their new athletic director as well as girls basketball coach okay jack before you get too far along and we get all kinds of phone calls <laughs> you must not be around here too much believe me we'll get calls about that i know i'm from here i know what's up guys i misspoke i apologize i was going to make sure we corrected that before we before we got inundated i had it, I had it underlined there i know never mind anyway, before we santa get inundated fee, here santa fe's new athletic director is John Wild. And now this is a yeah. man who has has quite the resume and and quite the sort of list of accomplishments here. Um, so I think all Santa Fe fans should be very excited um, about this move. Do you have, have you heard anything about this? I just read about it or just heard about it the other day. I'm, I'm, I'm friends with uh, Greg Lusk, who's the outgoing athletic director, and he's done a fine, fine job uh, building that athletic program there. And and keeping them, uh, you know, in in a building situation that you know there's a lot of facility changes and stuff under Greg's tenure, but he uh, he decided it was time for him to be able to step back a little bit, and and uh, he wants he's going to stay in the faculty, but uh, it was time for him to uh, to kind of pursue some other endeavors, and and uh, so I think Santa Fe did a great job. Uh, Filling, filling his shoes. Uh, they got some big shoes to fill, but they've also right. got a really good guy to fill them. Absolutely, yeah, and and you, you definitely hear good things about those programs building down there. He, uh, John Wild, said specifically that it was attractive to him to be coming to sort of a smaller school environment. Um, he's been in a few places uh, in Williamson County as well as some private school circuits where he said he he just wasn't as into the sort of school environment and the player yeah. development environment that you got there versus a real sort of family environment like you get at I just say, the, the big thing about family environment, I, my, my last nine years in, in coaching were at Cullioca, and we were a unit school just like Santa Fe. And it is. It's a huge it, – it's a big family environment, and uh, the coaching staff does get a chance to work with those people because they're 
they're in his building. You know, they're there on campus and stuff, uh, work with those young kids coming up all the way up through grade school. He gets a chance to see them, talk with them, uh, help them in some of their, uh, you know, recreational activities as far as getting ready to play sports. And then when they, when they get into the middle school and high school level, then they're familiar with the coaches already and they know what they expect. And, and so it, it helps. Uh, and, and the small atmosphere, you know, uh, everybody knows everybody else. And uh, sometimes that's good. Sometimes that's not so good. <laughs> Most of the time it's, it's pretty good. And, and uh, I, I think he's going to do a great job uh, coming in. And, um, and he, will, uh, he, he will get himself into the family atmosphere very, very quickly. Right, right. Just that ability to, to shape those young athletes and, and be very familiar with them and be able to give one-on-one attention uh, will be big because he will be the girls basketball coach but again this is his first time as an athletic director so he's excited about taking that on but will continue his basketball coaching duties which it's worth a mention he was recently inducted to the basketball coaches association hall of fame in 2002 for in 2022 for tennessee so big news for santa fe Um, along with that good news for santa fe comes um, the Tennessee Sports Writers All-State Team for Basketball was released today, and we wanted to give a big shout-out to Auden Slaughter, the sophomore at Santa Fe, for his great season and for being honored by the TSWA um, for his great performance. Also in our region, we had uh, Jet Montgomery, a junior at Independence High School, who was also honored on that All-State team. So congratulations to them and their families for all their hard work this season. You always love to you always love to see the, these athletes get yeah, that recognition. Yeah, and and uh, Auden is just a sophomore. You know, we're right. gonna get to see him for two more years, uh, lighting it up and in <laughs> literally lighting it up on the basketball court is exactly what he does. Uh, does a super job. And, and uh, what's really neat in watching them, you know, we did a few of the game, you know, game of the week, you know, involving Santa Fe and, and stuff. And you know, as, yes, he scores a lot of points, and he is the main cog in their in, in their team and offense. But he makes the guys around him better. Uh, he's also one of the leaders in, in assists, and he helps set up the the rest of his teammates. And uh, so, um, you know. Looking forward to seeing him uh, an awful lot uh, in, right. in the near future. To show that maturity as a, as an underclassman is uh, is big, and it'll and I think it can only bode well for him in his two further years under new athletic director John Wild. Uh, moving on, we're going to go into a little bit of UT sports uh, and SEC sports. Uh, wanted to start off by mentioning really quick that Eric Berry and John Henderson were inducted this week, I believe, into the UT Sports Hall of Fame. Yes. Or the Tennessee, yeah, yeah, the yeah, Tennessee, Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame. And, uh, yeah, those, those two guys uh, had outstanding seasons as Vols, and they went on and, and had successful seasons as well in the NFL. Uh, Barry, you know, was a was a safety that you just – you didn't want to mess with him. Right. <laughs> I mean, I, I remember being a kid when Eric Berry was big and people, you know, you'd be yeah. playing recess football or something. Yeah. Someone says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit you yeah, like co- Eric come, Berry. Come, you know, coming across the middle, you know, if you were one of those receivers coming across the middle or something like that, he was going to make sure you, you knew he was around. And, uh, of course, uh, Henderson was, was a defensive end that put a lot of, you know, put a lot of pressure on the quarterback, on opposing quarterbacks, um, made a big name uh, for himself in that regard. And, uh 
was also you know very very good in playing the run, but that you know but the pass rush was his was his specialty, and he did a, a super job and, and really helped kind of uh, you know make make the defense the defensive backs look pretty good uh, right. when when the quarterback's running for his life and you know, he doesn't have much chance to pick them apart. So right, and of course we we loved him as Vols, but not 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 to go. Missed, right, that both of these guys had excellent careers um, in the NFL. Uh, John Henderson, I believe, mostly with the Jaguars, and Eric Berry, been a lot of time with the Chiefs. Um, But really, you know, great players that that took it on. Well-deserved, well-deserved honor. Well-deserved honor. A couple of the other names, uh, a couple of the other big names from outside of UT in that Tennessee um, Sports Hall of Fame class with Keith Bullock, uh, the linebacker from the Titans, Mike Fisher, the former Predators captain, and we also had Zach Randolph. Okay, so that may not be the, just the Vols Hall of Fame. It I believe it, be, yeah, it's the yeah, Tennessee Sports. State. Yeah, okay, right. Tennessee Sports. I'm sorry, I, I misquoted on that. So, yeah, uh, it's all, all, all the state. But, yeah, some, some really some great legends of the game there. It's almost some of these guys here are almost like, how, how has it just taken this long <laughs> to, to get in? Well, yeah, I don't know if there is a, uh, a time period that they have to wait, you know, right. like what in the NFL, you have to be out of the game for five years or maybe it's baseball. You have to be out of the game for five years before you're allowed to be considered. So right, not sure if that's the case. Well, those are um, some of our inductees for the 2023 Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame class. Moving on to a little bit more out of UT. Uh, we've been watching some spring football um, out of UT and – well, I wouldn't say it's it's a rebuilding year for UT. It's a it's a year of turnover, um, where some things that were very established about this past very exciting season are inevitably going to change here. Just be just based on departures, right? Uh, there's no more Herndon Hooker. There's um, no more Jalen Wyatt. A lot of the those big weapons and a couple of the members of the offensive line are gone. So. Looking to this spring and building up to a season where, you know, they should still should expect to be very competitive. I believe in in this SEC. What do you what do you think is the biggest uh, matchup or thing to look for in spring as far as the Vols? Well, one of the things they're going to have to do is make sure you know that Milton is as comfortable as he seemed to be towards the end of the season. That you know now that he's had an off season to go through it, he's he had those two starts at the end of the season and did well with those. Uh, much better than he did early uh, when when Hooker took over, and uh, it seems like you know he's matured a little bit. He's he's gotten he's he's established a touch uh, on his pass. He's always had the big arm. You know that's there's never been a question about that. Uh, in fact, that was the problem early on was that his arm was too big. He was throwing it over everybody <laughs> and, and stuff like that. But um, you know he's developed. You know he's got his touch back, and and uh, he's uh, he he and Hooker were very very good friends. Right. And uh, were you know, and so I'm sure they worked together. I'm sure they talked a lot about you know the mindset and, and, and stuff that he needed. And so when Milton you know had his opportunity to step in with, with Hooker's industry injury, excuse me, um, he was uh, he was ready and and did well. Uh, did really you know had a really good game against Clemson in the in the Orange Bowl. So they're they're anticipating some really nice things from him. Uh, he's got a. He's going to have practically a brand new receiving core, right? Uh, to work from because uh, you know several of Tennessee's receivers were uh, uh, were 
well, not were, getting ready to be drafted. <laughs> right, right. That's coming up here shortly. Next week, indeed. So. Um, and, yeah, and, you know, the thing with Milton is it's never been a, a question of his athletic prowess or his build or his strength. You know, you look at his, you know, the the tangibles, the the written stats. I mean, it's all it's yeah. all incredible, and it's, it's, it's beyond doubt. But um, it's just really been about can he get mentally settled and sort of into that – mindset that elite quarterback mindset where you're going through your reads and you're being smart about about when to use um that cannon of, of an arm yeah. that he's got <laughs> and you know just being okay throwing it but, hard yeah and and, down, and, 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 and all honestly he's got now he's got another year under hypo uh as a coach and, and, and familiar with the system familiar with what he's wanting for his quarterback to do and uh, you know, I, I really think he's going to be comfortable. Uh, you know, that that's also sets him up to a really good situation where, uh, you know, Nico, uh, the the big the phenom freshman coming in, has a year to um, you know get ready and to even have you know uh, I've seen some reports where possibly you know possibly not that you know this is very probable or not, but he might even be redshirted this year. If if Milton's having a strong year, especially starts off strong and stuff like that, they may just hold Nico for the next year and, and keep his four years of eligibility. Though you know, who knows? He probably won't go through all four years. He'll probably hit the NFL. You know, if, if he's as good as advertised, right. I'll put it that way. He'll he'll be a candidate for the NFL pretty fast. And that and that's what makes this all uh, you know, depending on how you look at it, interesting slash exciting yeah. uh, for UT fans. Is you know, on the one hand, if there is competition or any doubt and Minton, that can only mean that Nico is really showing his stuff there to, yeah. to a degree where it's sort of undeniable. Um, but also, you have to feel great if they're feeling good enough with Milton to just let Nico kind of take that back seat. Because uh, for those who are not aware, um, I'm going to give my best shot here on, on, on pronouncing Nico's last name. He's of <laughs> Pacific Islander <laughs> descent, and it's a bit difficult, but uh, Nico Iamaleava is the incoming uh, is an incoming freshman for UT. He was he was considered by some rankings the number 2 overall prospect in the country for the class of 2022 and he's 6 foot 6, 200 pounds. He threw for over 2000 yards uh in both his junior and senior year. He He's basically, you know, he's he's an all-star prospect. Oh yeah, prospect. and, and, and of course he made made a big splash in the NIL and all that stuff with all the endorsement packages and, and, and stuff he was involved with and, and stuff so uh you know there's going to be a lot of there, there's going to be a lot of push for him to get into the lineup fairly right. quickly but at the same time there you know Tennessee has that luxury now right now you know I say right now of of saying hey we, we've got a guy in place that's that's good you know that that's very competitive and and we, we let Nico uh come in learn the system learn it well and, and be ready to hit it on all cylinders in, instead of having to kind of learn on the run. Uh, though he, you know, again, if, if Milton does falter, uh, doesn't doesn't perform up to expectations, or heaven forbid, if he gets hurt, then we do have a more than serviceable backup uh, situation uh, and uh, be ready to roll. So uh, things are really in, in the quarterback area looking pretty good for Tennessee. Right, and then and even to widen. Uh, the scope a bit. I mean, it's it's known that you know Heupel brought in this great recruiting class last year, and and even for 2023, yeah. um, 
all the rankings I'm seeing are having UT as another top 10. Um, well, yeah. Year. I, I, and I also heard other reports that, you know, that uh, ESPN is really not too high on him, you know, that they ranked him, what, 14th most oh, likely yeah. to uh, compete, you know, for the national championship, mm-hmm. uh, which to me seems a little low. Uh, I, I think they've got a, a better shot than that. Uh, you know, some of the schools ahead of them were, I was like, okay uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see about that yeah but uh at the same time there are some unproven elements again their receiving core is going to be new uh talented yes unproven yes uh you know where, where how are they going to perform when the lights go on uh milton's the same way he had two good starts at the end of the year uh last year mm-hmm. and so we're anticipating good things uh but you know what? What's he going to do when 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 he gets you know now that he's going to be the man if if he maintains that title? Um, so you know there are some question marks, uh, just a few. Uh, but what is, is so exciting, I think, for Tennessee fans is even with those question marks, the people that are filling those marks and filling those slots are very very talented people, and uh, you know that, that really looks good. It's just, now they just got to go out and do it, right? Um, so I want to take that and sort of flip it um, in the other direction. We're talking about these guys who are who are coming in to fill these slots um, for UT in their upcoming football season. But I want to look a little bit about who is vacating um, those slots and what might be on their mind with next week's NFL draft and if that might play into our Tennessee Titans fandom as well because there are a couple of prospects that I think um, – and according to reports, are definitely on um, the Titans' radar. You talked about the wide receiver room um, sort of being cleared out for UT, but definitely these guys are headed to the league. When you look at guys like Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman, sort of what what stood out to you um, from that receiving core and the hypo offense? Uh, well, they were last year. Uh, those two guys particularly were so explosive. Uh, you know. Uh, second and long was was not a problem. <laughs> you know, most teams want to get second and long, third and long. Okay, that was just kind of a normal down, and they you know they were so explosive they could they could hit you and, and score so fast, and, and and with those two guys. And uh, now the the next big question is is everybody's that fast in the NFL? Right. Uh, are they going to be able to to elevate their game to the next level and uh, and, and see you know. And, and be able to be successful when everybody on the field can run as fast as you can. Then it becomes a matter of technique. It becomes a matter of uh, knowledge of the game plan and, and, and your execution of that plan uh, against what they're doing and, and getting your reads. Um, so that's going to be the question mark you know, going in is not going to be their physical attributes. They've got them. You know, they're there. You know, they're fast enough. They're, they're physical enough. Are they going to be able to make that transition to where, um, you know, everybody right. physically is there? Can they do it mentally mm-hmm. and emotionally on there? Especially with receivers, you hear a lot of talk um, making the transition to the league about the level of precision, just with mm-hmm. um, footwork and routes run. It's just it's 
it's not quite the same as 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 jockeying and just trying to outrun a guy. A well, you're not going to be able to just up. push a guy out of the way, or or you know maybe able to you know to, to run straight down the field and just out jump everybody. You know there there are a few guys in the league that can do that, but most of most of your receivers can't do that. You're going to have to make moves that were, will get you open, separate what they call get separation from the defensive back. Uh, of course, the other side of that is you got quarterbacks that are that can put it into tight tight windows because that's what's available to them. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I would um, possibly not at. I don't think we're going to see the Titans um, reach for either of those big receivers from UT at number eleven. Um, but we will see. I definitely think we'll see those guys be headed to the league, and you will be watching them on Sundays. Uh, we are going to take a break here, but when we get back, we'll get into a little bit about the NBA playoffs and our Memphis Grizzlies. I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. This is Elk Kennedy. 
The old saying is, happy wife, happy life couldn't be more true. Many years ago, my wife, Mary Susan, had major surgery on her back, but continued with chronic pain. Doctors were saying invalid, disabled, but then she found the Dr. Gill Center for Back, Neck, and Chronic Pain in Franklin, Tennessee. It has changed our lives. We visited there recently with Dr. Wendy Tui, saw the state-of-the-art facilities. Folks, don't take a pill. Call Dr. Gill. Go to callmepainfree.com. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can always count on us for a great selection of late model, low mileage, one owner vehicles. All have been thoroughly inspected and are ready to go. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Looking to sell your vehicle? Great news! We're paying top dollar for your trade. All makes, all models, and in any condition. Trade in and trade up today. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can count on us. I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. We have advertised with WKRM and WKOM for the past several years and found it to be very successful. I highly recommend advertising with them if you have a local business like ours. We're located at 1608 Hatcher Lane here in Columbia. We're open Monday through Friday from 8 to 6 and Saturdays from 8 to 2. Stop by Holland's for all your prescription needs where we have fast, friendly, courteous service. We custom fit support hubs for you also. Thanks for supporting Holland's and WKRM and WKOM. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Barrett and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Do you use Elf Bars? Old School Vapor has over 100 authentic flavors for only $18.99 each. Check out their other January sales like buy one, get one free for select Tesco bars, 25% off glass pipes and Mike Tyson's Delta 8 Bites, or 50% off smell-proof bags. Go shop Old School Vapor's selection of over 200 cannabis products from brands like Looper, Torch, Hidden Hills, and more. Check them out on Instagram or Google Old School Vapor to find your nearest location. That's Old School Vapor. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. 
Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Hey, this is Lewis Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in Middle Tennessee. 101.7 FM, WKOM, Columbia. are listening to the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour here on 101.7 WKOM. Uh, I would like to get into a little bit, before we start talking NBA playoffs, about the Tennessee Titans and their draft position and what they may decide to do with it. Um, It seems to be a very contentious topic. Everyone seems to have a little bit of a different thought about what would be best uh, for the Titans to do with their currently held number 11 draft pick um, in the first round and then number 41 in the second round. That's sort of the the first two days of action and and what we'll be focusing on here. But there is much debate in terms of should we trade backwards with that pick? Should we trade forward with that pick and try to get, you know, a big blockbuster quarterback or star player in in that opening five picks? Or should we consolidate and try to fill out more more of our more positional depth and assistance at the line. Um, what what are your thoughts, Coach Mike? Well, you know, uh, as a as a football uh, former high school coach and, and, and you know having to make decisions on player positions and, and, and stuff like that, um, I'm always the the guy. You know, things do not get done. Things don't happen without a line, right? And right now, that is one of the big big concerns for the Titans. You know, just you know, how's their line going to be? The last couple of years, the, the, the line has been a big question mark. Big, a question mark to a disaster. Right. <laughs> question mark at the best. Yeah. Disaster, you know, at, at other times. And uh, so, you know, I, I think they really need to solidify that, um, you know, having to replace Lawan. Uh, you know, Lawan was great while he was there. And, and the problem with Taylor was he couldn't stay on the field. Right. And uh, it was you know when he was on he he did a he did a really good job it just couldn't keep him there and uh, you know and and so they were paying an awful lot of money for him to be sitting on the side nursing injuries absolutely so uh, you know they had to move on and and I think that was really a wise move on their part uh, especially now that their salary cap issues you know they're so so tight on on the salary cap situation right now um, I think they need to address you know the line uh, first. Um, yeah, the big question, quarterback, do I go up, do you go up and get a quarterback now because you got Tannehill for, you know, at least a year, right? um, you know, again, barring injury. Uh, so you've got, you know, do you go up and get a project? Yeah. You know, what's the problem? Tennessee's history with projects is a little shaky right now. Uh, uh, I, I think to me personally, I think they made a really big mistake, uh, letting Dobbs get away from them. Yeah, uh, but you know, I think a lot of I that think was a lot of that fans was a decision. Felt. Yeah, that that you know, he comes in uh, in in this course of two weeks. You know, just very quickly uh, uh, gets himself in tune with the offense, and then uh, you know takes over really. And uh, granted, I don't think he's as good as Tannehill right now. Right. 
but uh, he, you know, he had a chance. He, he would have been a very, very solid and productive backup right. to Tannehill, and that would have given them kind of that double, uh, that double cushion. You know, now right. you can now you can go out and you know maybe wait a little bit and get you get you a project type quarterback because you got two solid guys now. You know, your current backup quarterback is your project. And so far, that project hasn't been doing too good. That's, a, that's an and, F, and, and, F yeah. project. Yeah, far. you know, he just he just hadn't been cutting it. And, and uh, so, uh, you know, there, there is that argument to, to go out and get somebody that, that will. Um, but, again, I don't care who you are. I mean, you're Tom Brady. You don't have a line. You're, you're running for your life, and you're not doing very well. Right. So you gotta you gotta be stable up front, and once you get that stabilized, now now you can look uh, now you can look at the other places. Um, you know, another philosophy is to, you know get the quarterback and then build the team around him. Uh, the other philosophy is something more of what the uh, the, the Eagles kind of did was they built the team, and then they plugged in their quarterback. Of course, you know, of course now their quarterback has now become a blue blood, right. <laughs> but he's got the team around him. Right. to do that and uh, I, I think that would be the best direction trade up to get somebody I don't know if it's gonna be worth what you're gonna have to give up right they don't have a lot of they don't have a lot of draft picks to trade off they need all the picks they can for themselves let alone you know trading off because if you're gonna trade up you're gonna have to give up a high you know a couple of high rounds and we just don't have that many and, and we we've got some big big needs to fill on our own, you know, up front. Yeah, the, the quarterback issue is going to have to be addressed within a year. You don't want to wait till you have to have a quarterback to get one. You know, you, you'd like to get one at a time. Uh, the receiver room has got to get has got to get better. Uh, if that receiver room is not strong, then Henry's going to struggle. Right. Because then, you know, he's going to see nine, ten guys in the box again. It's hard for Tannehill or Henry to yeah. look good uh, with a with yeah. non-professional if receiving room. Yeah, we if, have if your receiving year. room isn't a threat, then, uh, you know, then, you know, so, so the line and the receiving room to me are the two biggest uh, considerations they've got to get to. I think they've done a decent job of, 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 getting, of solidifying their defense. Uh, I think they're – um, you know, the, the corners has kind of fleshed out a little bit. Yeah, granted, they had one that didn't quite pan out uh, over the again injury injury project and didn't work out. Uh, but I think getting Simmons under contract right now is a huge, huge help. Now they're solidified up front. They've got uh, are a little bit more solidified up front. Got a big threat there. So uh, it's going to be point production right now. They need to work on point production. Right uh, line. You know, they get that line short up get the receiver room short up and then get get a get a future quarterback going right. uh, in, in that order to me in that order line receivers quarterback from there right and, and and if you get line receivers in order you at least give you know you give Tannehill and Henry a chance this yeah year. I mean I, I oh you you give Henry you give Henry seven in the box you give him six in the box and he's gonna beat the snot out of you he will he will uh, yeah, you if he's got to face eight in the box over and over, yeah, he's going to have a moment. He's going to have his moments, but again, this is the NFL. I don't care who you are, you get eight in the box, it's going to be hard to run. Yep. And you got to be able to throw to loosen that box up a little bit, and that's that's what we have not been able to do uh, since we lost Brown. I think a, I think a lot of these questions, especially regarding the offense, it brings the 
front office to a question of timelines and what sort of phase do they believe that the Titans are in right now? Um, if you look at two years ago, I think many uh, many of us, including those in the front office, would have thought that this was a team that is sort of one step away from you know, being a top contender. We were making some playoff runs. We were sniffing around AFC championship games. Um, obviously, this past season was a bit of a comeback to earth situation. A come back to earth, right. crash and burn. Crash and burn back to earth might be better than seven you, losses in a row. Yeah, <laughs> that's not come back to earth. That is a crash and burn. So, so the question becomes for new GM Rand Cawthorn is, you know, do you is your timeline? Hey, that was a hiccup, and we are getting back onto that saddle we were on the sort of two previous years. Or are you saying, you know, let's try to just get the most we can out of Henry and sort of wind into a new quarterback era. Um, I'm sort of of the opinion that, you know, I'd, I'd love to, to give it one more go with Tannehill and Henry because I think those guys are great. They're built for the, as the type of players oh, that you want in the playoffs, solid and reliable. Of course, other than that one Tannehill game. But um, for, for my money, I know a lot well, of people to are me, eager to I, move and, on. And this may, not be the popular, this may not be the popular opinion. Tannehill's problem in that playoff game that everybody keeps beating him up with was as much his, defense, or excuse me, his offensive coordinator's problem as it was his. Uh, the offensive coordinator, you know, when you call the same play seven games in a row as your opening play, you know, you, you fake it to – Fake it to Henry, throw a crossing route. You know, yeah, it worked the first two times because everybody was counting on Henry. Well, then everybody starts scouting again. This is the NFL, yeah. you know, and and so you had to give the ball to Henry, you know, at the beginning, and you got to let him beat on you for a little while and, and stuff like that. And they just they they weren't letting him do that, and, and they became predictable in their quote unquote unpredictability. You know, and, and that's a oxymoron. I know that, and but you know, trying to, trying to be unpredictable they became very predictable that okay they're going to fake it to him you know they're going to use henry when they can but they're going to fake it to henry and they're going to try to hit well they didn't have the receivers to do it with right um now you know what was that all on the oc no you know tan hills you know he sh he has shouldered enough of the blame right for that and i think he's moved on from it and uh, again he's a veteran He's still very, very productive. I think you know Henry is still very, very productive. Is he that 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 big monster speedster that he was before? Uh, maybe not. Maybe there's some guys now that can catch him from behind, but there's not many, you know. And, and still, he is a load. He is still a load to bring down, especially in the in the fourth quarter. What you gotta have is that receiver that can push those defensive backs back, make them back up a little bit. So they're not coming up there and crowding the line of scrimmage and giving him his gaps and his gashes to run through. And once he gets in that back, once he gets in that defensive backfield, Henry is he's a load, and no one wants to tackle him. I mean, just, uh, and just, just something else to worry about, uh, you yeah. know, for 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 defenses when you when when you're setting up easily, when you know the offensive line can't yeah. really make holes for Henry, you know yeah. the receivers can't really make plays down the field. It becomes very easy yeah. from a defensive coordinator point of view you know yeah well it, it it's again who who's gonna who's gonna beat you deep last year yeah who who did we have that was gonna beat you deep last year wasn't anybody okay so now okay we load up eight nine guys in the box and now henry's got you know as soon as he gets the ball he's got people hitting him of course he and he had a patchwork line in front of him 
you know, so now, you know, Henry's getting hit about the second step he's got, you know, and, and he's got to have, he's got to have two or three steps to get going downhill. You know, he's like any other running back. And uh, now if you ever get his shoulders squared up and, and get him moving across the line, you know, he'll, he'll make some good things happen. But when you, you're, you're again, you're running eight, nine, 10 guys in the box, um, he's, he's just not going to be as effective as he would be otherwise. And that's where the receiving core you know, the line to, to take care of, of of what they need to take care of, give Tannehill the protection, give Henry the holes, and then a receiving core that's going to be able to push those defensive backs back, make that threat where they've got a backup, they've got to respect that. Uh, like I said, since we lost Brown, we haven't had anybody that has has pushed the defensive backs back, and that's that's a, hu- a huge need right now. All right. Uh, but you got to protect Canhill in the meantime. In the yes, sir. <laughs> while, while while those guys are getting pushed back. I think uh, when you look at that uh, pick number eleven, there are a couple of good athletes at the wide receiver uh, position we could look to add um, to with to work alongside young Alec Burks, who I thought wasn't you know didn't have the best rookie year, but but something to build on there. And two young speedy athletes um, at our wide receiver position could be helpful for many of those issues um, that we were just discussing. Um, but, yeah, it seems like neither of us really are buying the hype of trading up from 11 for a quarterback. I, 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 don't, I don't think I don't it's, it it's going to cost you too much. Uh, yeah. Now, do you want to trade back from 11? I, I'm, I, I'm not sold on that either because you, you, you still want to have a good choice. You still want to have a broad choice of, of the athletes that you want. And if you trade back, you're, you know, you're giving everybody else that shot at, at those guys, uh, you know, up, up at 11, you, you got a good shot at getting a, a good solid, you know, a good lineman, you know, uh, uh, somebody that can help you almost immediately uh, or that receiver. Right. You know, you've got the chance at either one of those. And either way, it'll be interesting to see how Rand operates in his first draft. We will go for our second break now, but we'll be back in a moment. Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can always count on us for a great selection of late model, low mileage, one owner vehicles. All have been thoroughly inspected and are ready to go. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Looking to sell your vehicle? Great news! We're paying top dollar for your trade. All makes, all models, and in any condition. Trade in and trade up today. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can count on us. I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. We have advertised with WKRM and WKOM for the past several years and found it to be very successful. I highly recommend advertising with them if you have a local business like ours. We're located at 1608 Hatcher Lane here in Columbia. We're open Monday through Friday from 8 to 6 and Saturdays from 8 to 2. Stop by Holland's for all your prescription needs where we have fast, friendly, courteous service. We custom fit support hosts for you also. Thanks for supporting Holland's and WKRM and WKOM. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hey, 
this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Barrett & Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Do you use Elf Bars? Old School Vapor has over 100 authentic flavors for only $18.99 each. Check out their other January sales like buy one, get one free for select Tesco bars, 25% off glass pipes and Mike Tyson's Delta 8 bikes, or 50% off smell-proof bags. Go shop Old School Vapor's selection of over 200 cannabis products from brands like Looper, Torch, Hidden Hills, and more. Check them out on Instagram or Google Old School Vapor to find your nearest location. That's Old School Vapor. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Hey, this is Lewis Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in Middle Tennessee, 101.7 FM, WKOM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, on 919 Nashville Highway or parksmotorsales.com. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard. Scatter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. 
Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. This is Elk Kennedy. The old saying is, happy wife, happy life couldn't be more true. Many years ago, my wife, Mary Susan, had major surgery on her back, but continued with chronic pain. Doctors were saying invalid, disabled, but then she found the Dr. Gill Center for Back, Neck, and Chronic Pain in Franklin, Tennessee. It has changed our lives. We visited there recently with Dr. Wendy Tui, saw the state-of-the-art facilities. Folks, don't take a pill. Call Dr. Gill. Go to callmepainfree.com. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. Hello, and welcome back to the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. Uh, we are going to finish up here with a quick update um, on the NBA playoffs. Um, as some of you may know, the Memphis Grizzlies took on the Los Angeles Lakers in Game 2 of their series last night, and there was a lot of, uh, a lot of trepidation for the Grizzlies going into this game. Um, there were, they were without their star point guard, Ja Morant, who injured his hand in a Game 1 loss. So our Grizzlies were really staring down the barrel of an 0-2 deficit in this series and a possible early exit uh, from the playoffs. But what did transpire last night was a, a classic and, and a sort of emblematic uh, performance by the Grizzlies. It's the kind of performance that we've become sort of used to over the years but really speaks so much um, to what the Grizzlies are about as an organization. Um, you know, the Lakers, they came out there with – with Anthony Davis and LeBron James, and the Grizzlies came out uh, missing three of their best five players. And and you know what? They just worked harder. They just played harder defense. Uh, they boxed out more. They ran the court better. And um, and you could tell that you know the Lakers, these these Hollywood guys, really walked in and, and thinking that there's there's blood in the water here. And these guys are going down. They don't have their leader and their star. And, you know, we're just going to we're going to handle business. And they did not come with the appropriate intensity or appropriate respect. And that is something intensity and respect is something that's always been really core um, to the Memphis Grizzlies and their ethos. We were talking about Zach Randolph getting inducted into the Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame this week. And and, you know, that was what he was all about. You know, he he. When you compared him size-wise or build to, to other players, he might not have been 
the most athletic or the most strong or the best built, but he he just worked harder. He he worked harder and and he committed to the game and hustling and trying hard and and that's what we really saw well, it's um, also, from the Grizzlies last night. It's also a testament to the idea that a team that works as a team will always overcome the single superstar. Right. Yeah. You know, um, now, getting the NBA. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sometimes your team doesn't work as a team there, and they do rely on that superstar. But you know, and in, in a situation where. Okay, you know their superstars down. You know their their main cog is down. Okay, now the the rest of the team has to pull together, and I, I think they realized it and they played as a team. If I remember hearing the stats right, there really wasn't anybody that just ran away with the scoring. Right, and it was one of their normal, what I call normal, also rans or one of the role players that actually led the team in scoring this time around. Yep, and so uh, you know, uh, hats off you know to them to you know to realize, okay, our big gun, you know, we don't have our big guns, so we're going to use a lot of these little guns, and but we're going to use them all at once. <laughs> right. And, and so, uh, and, and they came out and, and made it work. Right. I believe that uh, Xavier Tillman you're referring to, um, the forward, led the Grizzlies with 22 points and 13 rebounds. And this is a guy who, you know, is, is, is sometimes coming off the bench, not even a – not even a huge, expected to be a huge part of the Grizzlies team at the start of the season, but it's sort of just that next man up uh, mentality that Mike was mentioning. Um, everyone on the team showed it. Everyone on the team showed all that hard. And now all of a sudden, um, with the series one and one and heading to Los Angeles, um, the Grizzlies are, are filled back up uh, with belief and, and and a real feeling that they can make it out of this series and, and maybe get job. Now back. with more threats, once they get their 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 star, their their big gun back. Now they've got it. They've got they've got it planted in the back of their opponent's head. Hey, he's not the only guy that can make things happen. Absolutely. Um, one person I want to talk about uh, really quickly before we end is is Dylan Brooks. Uh, he's become our he's become our our national villain that we have here on the Memphis Grizzlies. And I have to say, I kind of enjoyed. How do you feel, Coach Mike, about having having sort of a villain on your team? Well, uh, they come in handy. <laughs> yeah, they do. They do. <laughs> you know, uh, especially if you're, you know, uh, they help. Uh, they they, they kind of help get a team, pull a team together. You know, they also, you don't get pushed around with them and, and right. stuff. You know, that was that was kind of like the, you know, the, the, the bad guys of the, the 90s, 80s and 90s and stuff like that. That was kind of their job was to, to be the enforcers in situations where, you know, so the stars could go play, the enforcers made sure no one messed with the stars. And, and that was kind of, you know, the guys like Dennis Rodman and Bill Lambeer and, and uh, Robert Parrish, you know, you go up in the lane with them, you're going to get, you're going to get greeted. Yeah. You're, you're going to be met. And, uh, and they were going to make sure, well, another one that was kind of sneaky, sneaky bad or sneaky rough and, and stuff. And, and, and everyone thinks he's a big, you know, and he was a big superstar. Don't even take that away. But he was also meaner than a snake inside was Larry Bird. Oh, yeah. And one of the biggest <laughs> trash talkers of all time. He'd let yeah. you know about But But if you if you ever watch his, his, some of the replays of their games and stuff, like you got him pushing and elbowing and, and, you know, he's sneaky about it. You know, of course, then he could fill it up from three-point and he could, you know, all those fancy passes and, oh, yeah. and assists and stuff. But, uh, you know, he was – he. Yeah. He was meaner than most people think. Say that mean streak came through for the Grizzlies last night, uh, and, and we hope it'll keep coming 
through for them throughout the series. Uh, that's going to be all we have today for Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. We hope you've all enjoyed listening, and we'll see you tomorrow.